Hey Siri, give me H-Town soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. What up, h Welcome to another episode of the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and our usual co-host is Christian Putalias and Rodrigo Segura. How are you guys doing? What to do, what to do. Welcome back. We are back for, for another episode. Yeah. What's up? How y'all doing? Doing well. What's going, guys? <laughs> but also joining us as a special uh, guest. His what? name is his name is Finister from the Dynapod Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? Not too bad. I'm glad that you're awake this time. We didn't, oh, have, we didn't have to wait for you till that four in the morning text of like, oh, man, I fell asleep. But hey, we have so much soccer <laughs> to talk about. Right. So there's Dynamo News all over. And it seems like it just keeps blowing up day after day. And finally, I think we got our number nine uh, South American. I think we were promised a South American. Maybe we were all thinking a Mexican player. Um, but Right off the bat, I want to start with some of you guys' um, thoughts on this San Sebastian Ferreira out of Club Libertad from Paraguay. Christian, what's up? So before we start with that, I just want to let everybody know where they can find us. You can always find us at Dynamo Theory on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can go to Dynamo Theory Podcast at gmail.com if you have something to say, good or bad about us. We don't care. You can find me at Chris Putaleas. You can find Rudy at Rudy Segura 3. You can find Rodrigo at Rodrigo Segura 01. And you can find Finister at Houston Dynapod, right? Is that is that correct? That is correct. Let's go. So, yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, like Rudy was saying, we got some news. We got a number nine, a South American number nine. Me personally, I was thinking that it was going to be Mauro Manotas, but they let me down. But I think they haven't let me down yet because I think $6.5 million is going to get us a, ni- a nice guy from uh, Paraguay that drinks today. Yeah, so this uh, got a rumor that was leaked pretty quickly on a Saturday morning. Everybody was barely waking up, having breakfast. And we see that this Paraguayan, again, his name is Sebastian Ferreira. I don't know if he has a nickname. He probably has a nickname. All South Americans have a nickname. Uh, we, but uh, we, the funny thing is we don't know if he's 23, 24. If you look it up, some people are saying he's 22. I have no clue. This kid may have been born three different times or something. So <laughs> we really don't know. But I'll let you guys know that, uh, you know, the last since 2020 uh, playing with Libertad, he's in 54 games that he appeared in. He scored 27 goals. I don't know about you, Finister, but that sounds like pretty good numbers, don't you think? Well, yeah. However, it's it's not MLS. It's going to be it's different level. And I think we're at a higher level here. So when you're looking at his age, I was laughing because he sounds like you're describing one of those Dominican baseball players. It's finally been outed. You thought they were, you know, 19, turns out they're 26. Somebody lied. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited. The thing is, that's a lot of money for, it's crossed my mind. He could be a uh, a very expensive version of Bahamich. Well, I do want to add, uh, you know, and the fact that you're right. Obviously, he comes for a league that uh, even though it's South American, they do get Libertadores action. It's not the same as MLS. Of course, but the guy did have a good track record playing in Liga MX. Rodrigo, uh, you know, we know that he played in Morelia, which Morelia ended up turning into Mazatlan. They just kind of uh, got completely moved out. But do you want to add anything on this guy when it comes to like Liga MX? I mean, his numbers are there, you know, that you can speak of. Yeah, I mean, based on his number from Liga MX with Morelia, he played 38 games, 11 goals. Um, doesn't say much, you know, like like Finister mentioned. Um, it doesn't translate that well to MLS. It's still a whole different uh, competition. Uh, but, you know, he was maybe 20 years old at that, maybe 19. Who knows? But that's not too bad. So we might be getting, um, you know, maybe a future star for at least Dynamo and um, hope for the best for the MLS as well. Yeah, I mean, if one thing we know about uh, Paraguayan players and whether it be the Liga MX or MLS uh, – they tend to be pretty good, right? I mean, it seems like we, the ones that do come get to hit, you know, we hit on gold. Hopefully we didn't hit on something that is not gold. Uh, that kind of ends with crap. And uh, 
you know, at 6.5 million, which is what is rumored, that's a lot of money. You know, since the very beginning that uh, Ted Siegel took over as a dynamo, we were been kind of questioning, you know, how much is he going to spend? You know, they're saying that they're going to throw some money. Uh, the most we've ever spent, I believe, uh, was like three million. So there's some reports out there that apparently we paid about seven million for Cubo Torres back in the day, but nobody really knows. Hopefully, we are able to find out how much this is, and they don't just call it a disclosed uh, fee, right? Because we want to know. We like playing GM. We want to be able to measure what this owner is uh, bringing to the table. But if you look all over, uh, you know, uh, the Paraguayan news and Twitter, they mentioned how this is the biggest signing. And Libertad's, um, well, I guess the biggest buy or sell that Libertad has ever done, which is saying a lot. Christian, you know, spending that much money on a guy, what do you expect from him? You know, obviously he's going to take a DP spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Off the bat, that's a, that's a, that has to be a DP, especially for that amount of money. But I have a, I have a, a bunch of thoughts in my head, as, as you guys probably know. I like to talk and... I have a bunch of things that I kind of want to hit, but you guys can stop me and, and just, you know, tell me to shut up whenever you want. But basically, first of all, I wanted to start with the fact that, you know, he comes from Paraguay. I know Finister just kind of mentioned about the league being kind of shaky. It It is, but the club that he comes from, Cerro Porteño, historically has been a really, really, like, good, good, good club. Like, I know a lot of those guys ended up in Argentina and, like, in Brazil and, and stuff like that. So usually... If, if people talk about Cerro Porteño, usually they're like, you know, fighting in like Copa Libertadores and, and they're going somewhat hey, far. We're going to kind of have to stop you because well, I don't know where Cerro Porteño is from and I, he came from uh, Libertad. So oh, well, Libertad, Cerro Porteño, <laughs> it's like the two, the two kind of. But I would, together. That, that was probably, I think Libertad is probably one of their biggest uh, clubs in, in Paraguay. So, you know, he came from a pretty. What Good I, club. Did, did I say Cerro Porteño? Or yeah, you said Cerro, Cerro Porteño. Multiple times, a bunch. Oh, yeah. Well, my bad. <laughs> but Wait, Cerro, yeah, well, you keep going, okay, keep going. I know, I know what because I'm, I'm thinking of the jersey. Yeah, that red Cerro, one. Yeah. yeah, Cerro Porteño has a, the red and blue, right? And I kept thinking of, of San Lorenzo in Argentina and because they have a little thing. But yeah, Libertad is the, is the black and white. But yes, the one, like, for example, I know exactly, like, I have a guy in my head that I can't really figure out his name, that he actually went to go play for Vélez in Argentina for a while. He came out of uh, Libertad, and then the guy ended up playing in Boca, and then he ended up going to Europe. But I mean, that's only one guy, right? But same position. And then uh, the guy that played in Mexico in America that got shot in the head, <laughs> and that was a terrible story. Yeah. But I yeah. think he also, I don't know if he came from Cerro Porteño or Libertad, but literally, like, if you come from any of those two teams, y- you know, Nine times out of ten, you tend to be a really good player. And yeah, those are I'm definitely hoping... – that's a team that is always fighting in Libertadores for sure. Yeah, and and also – okay, so my second point, going into the scouting part of it, right? Like I said, you guys jump in. But I have – I trust this scouting, you know, with whatever scouting they have more than whatever Matt Jordan and his three scouts that he had in those 1,000 years that he was here. Like I trust them a thousand percent, and I, because you know, to be honest, Matt Jordan, his scout in South America was Vicente Sanchez, and all due respect to Vicente Sanchez, I mean, I don't think he's a great scout, but uh, you know, he probably got one or two gems. He might have got manotas, I think. I don't know, Doubt but it. you know, a guy that you know ended up coaching, uh, you know, like I said, no due respect to nobody, but you know, ended up being a, a player coach in in RGV. You know, being our a full time scout, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't, I think I could have done a better job to be honest, but that's just me throwing shade. But I, I trust, you know, I trust Pat, and I trust the fact that one of the first thing he said was, we need to like revamp this whole scouting stuff because we ain't scouting nothing, you know, and and like Glenn Davis was saying, you know, with the whole technical director and just kind of bringing all these people in to kind of do work, you know, to kind of identify talent, move talent around, you know, kind of create, you know, what they're talking about that culture, you know, hopefully that doesn't turn into the three buckets, you know, that little thing. Uh, but I mean, I trust, I trust that. And, and to what, you know, I know highlights, you know, can be deceiving, but to what the highlights show of this kid, 
he seems very promising. And I mean, his numbers are promising. And I know a lot of you guys, I'm talking to all the Paulo Nagamura doubters or uh, Paulo Nagasaki, as Finister would say, uh, to all you doubters, you know, you guys said, oh, Paulo, terrible. Look at his numbers, they're terrible. But if you look at this kid's numbers, you know, he's been putting goals. So, and that's what we need. So if we're going to go just straight by numbers, I think he's he's worth the money. And then if if he doesn't work out, I hope we just get at least w- whatever we paid for him. My two cents. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and transition I have two it nicknames, out. By the way, oh, let God. me give you the two nicknames. Jeez. Oh, so I think one of them should be La Bomba in in uh, in honor of Lester breaking the news. La so Bombi or he's taken, bro. No, La Bomba. La Bombi. <laughs> she can be La Bombi. Bombia. La Bombia. La Bombia. Bombito. He's <laughs> making shit up. Is that a but, word? Yeah, bombito. Yeah, is bombito really? is actually yeah. Bo- well, at least in in Argentina, we call that to a uh, light bulb or what? To the light bulbs. Yeah. Oh, so I can just add ito or ita to most words, and it'll work. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, obviously, if this, this is hopefully going to be concrete, you know, it seems that it is after you know you reference Lester Bomb, but with the not believing in the quote unquote core values. Uh, Finister, what do you think about, you know, Sebastian Ferreira overall? So after hearing you guys talk and getting to do a little research, one thing he has done is everywhere he goes, he scores. So every stop along his journey, he has scored. Uh, we were talking about how it's not the same transitioning to the MLS, like how Latin American players, Mexico South, they, they tend to struggle. And if you think of the MLS compared to those leagues, it's kind of clunky. Right. It's, it doesn't, it's not smooth. It's a lot of huffing the ball upfield, loose first touches. And then there's like a lot of a lack of creativity. It's very, it's supposed to be structured, but it looks clunky. Versus Mexico down, there's more flair, there's more flavor. Uh, I think that's a lot of the struggle, like for these guys, I think, because these, these guys, prefer, like, look what he did in uh, Liga MX. Look at what, uh, you know, a lot of the guys we've brought up that have not done well here, they did fine where they came from. Then they got here and it was like, they're terrible. But for, as far as for him, uh, Ferreira, him being in Liga MX, that makes it a much better situation for me. And, and I like, I think, I don't know if I like this, but I think that how we had Elise with Honduras and Kyoto and Boney and uh, Minor, that maybe this is one of those untapped countries we're looking at, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of these countries down there in Latin America that they don't have the quantity of a country, say like Colombia or Brazil, you know, the two big producers in South America. But there's a lot of these smaller ones where they have these one or two guys like Albert Elise or Kyoto that perform and they can compete at high levels. And maybe that's where we need to segue to and bypass the big countries. You know what I mean? But that's my two cents, man. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think six and a half million is a lot, but what do I know? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's something that uh, Liga MX had done for a while, you know, big clubs like a, uh, like a Puma, Sunam, Toluca, uh, a lot, even actually Club America, if you look back, they have a ton of players from Paraguay. Uh, it seems they're just kind of like hardy players. They're strong. Uh, they are, you know, they have that willing to put that extra work and bravery. Just, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're brave. Well, well, apart from being brave, they're able to, you know, have that high motor of either pressing or attacking. Yeah. They're, um, they're, yeah they're, they're tough. They're very tough. And, you know, seeing a guy like this, I, I don't know if you guys were able to see some of his highlights, um, but he, he don't expect him to be a number nine purely like Manotas was. I think this guy is a little bit more agile with the ball. Uh, that's why he reminds me a little bit of the uh, NYFC um, Tati Castellanos in the sense of the a little bit of agility. If he has to take on one or two players, you know, at the top, he's able to do that. He's not just going to look for that cross. Um, so a different player, you know, I don't think he's necessarily a pure striker like a uh, Manotas or actually even uh, Ram- Christian Ramirez was more of a, you know, number nine, kind of like in the box guy. Um, so, you know, you can kind of make this guy. I would not play him as a winger. I think that's too much money to play as a winger. We have a ton of them. But you can maybe play him as a false nine, too. You know, he can come back, track, control the ball, and spread it out to the wings and be ready to uh, get a goal in the middle. Rodrigo, you want to add anything on, on Sebastian? 
kind of like um you guys were talking um i decided to do a little bit of research here to see maybe what other clubs were linking him and you know it just popped up that palmeiras was actually looking to him in 2021 right when his uh, loan was about to be expired i mean so that, that's kind of a good thing um i think they played him that year in copa libertadores and you know, you know, those fan accounts, they always try to see players and things. And um, I guess they like what they saw and they were trying to make an offer. But back then he was only worth like 3.2 million euros. So a little bit less than what, 5 million. Um, so maybe we, we might have overpaid a little, but who knows? I mean, he did, you know, score a little bit more or uh, were, I guess, more productive in that sense of um the style of play that he brings. I saw that he had about nine assists as well. So, I mean, you know, he can kind of score goals and uh, get other players involved. And and if obviously this is a signing that is going to, you know, we'll find out probably this week uh, if it becomes official, but it's a big buy, right? So do we start, I guess, a little bit of transition away from the striker position, unless you guys want to add something else. But I was going to say, this is when we start kind of, you know, keeping track of what, uh, Pat Onstad is doing right. This is how we start evaluating his work. Uh, spending, you know, over six million for a striker, much needed striker. Obviously, look at our depth chart. There's nobody there. Uh, and if this guy seems to be it, um, how do we consider this, you know, good or bad? Um, and your, you know, in your, um, in our mind, I guess whether you know, obviously, like we would want him to go uh, into the league, get. Uh, Acquaint or acquainted with all the guys pretty quickly, get settled uh, in the life in the U.S. and score a ton of goals. But what if he doesn't? What if he plays uh, nine, ten games and he doesn't score right away? Um, what do we do then, Finister? Well, I think one thing we got to look at first of all is he is the only striker. He has no competition. He knows we paid six and a half million dollars for him. So if we don't provide some competition. He's going to get complacent like quite quickly. Now you're going to have to excuse me because I'm going to have to ask you to repeat the question because <laughs> I forgot what it was. No, hey, you know what? Actually, that's funny that you mentioned about him being the one striker. Completely different question here. Are you excited for a guy like him? Are you like rushing to get a jersey, you know, with his name on it, Christian? No, not no, no. But and I you mean, know, you don't know him <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, so, but but the thing, okay. So going into the whole depth chart, right? Um, yeah. I was gonna throw in this maybe question to you guys. So, um, what do, like what do we do now? Do we because you know Finister was talking about competition, so maybe he can he can be the first one to answer. But like for example, me in, in my head, um, the way that I saw it, it was okay. We bring a good number nine signing. You know, I was in my head, I was thinking Manotas, right? Because I thought that was gonna be a done deal. He, he was hinting too much, and you know he just kind of let us all down. Um, but well, I mean, we don't know yet, right? He still could be coming in, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I was thinking, you know, my idea is, you know, bring a really high caliber, you know, uh, striker, which Ferreira should be that one. And then I was thinking, you know, just get just get a guy in the draft and just have a young guy kind of right behind him. And then, you know, I know we don't have a specific like forward there, but I mean, Fafa, I guess, technically could play as a nine. Not really. I, I would rather him not to not be there. Uh, and then Baird, you know, Corey Baird, if he gets well, you know, you know, supposedly what you know, Ramos would say that, you know, he could play as a nine as well. I don't see him there either. But, you know, worst case scenario, I guess he can have those two, you know, go in there if he doesn't score nine, ten go in games. But that's my idea. Just get a really good striker. Uh, you know, we're already paying a shitload for him. And then just get a guy from the draft to get her. You know, we got a, we got the fourth pick. So obviously you are bound to get a really good striker. And then, you know, just get, you know, you already have those two guys. And then if you're going to spend money, spend it, you know, somewhere else, you know, spend it on a right back or spend it on, I don't know, another defensive mid. But, you know, you finished it. What, what would you do? Would, would, would you give them? like a, a competition, you know, kind of on the same level or, you know, would you get like a younger guy, like, like I would propose or how do you see it? So I think of every single day in training that practice group of strikers with your 24 year old, six and a half million dollar man from Paraguay and that college kid who just got drafted. Uh, he, he needs somebody near him who has MLS experience, who can communicate in Spanish and who has leadership qualities. 
And there's nobody better than that than Mauro Minotis, who is familiar with the city and would be, I mean, I know it's like a pipe dream, right? But imagine that. Like if, if Pat Onstad pulled off that coup, this guy and Minotis, I mean, I think I think most of us would be okay with no more signings. We're like, all right, just do it. Get those to the ball and see what happens. But in reality, we need a right back. We need a midfielder and we need a wing. I don't like after Fafa. I don't like anything. Baird can't count on Baird. His ACL is torn. He'll be back in midseason. Can't count on Bakhamich. Maybe you can count on Dorsey, but you need another wing, midfielder, wing, right back. Then I think you're kind of forgetting to of uh, Tyler Pasher, obviously. But uh... no, 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 I'm not. I I don't. He played 19 matches and scored four times. Oh, okay, he wasn't able to stay healthy. No, no, no. I'm I'm not. I'm not. I I think he's an impact player. Yeah. I don't think he can hold up for an entire season. And I... He's no he's no good to us hurt. That's true. I and... love him, and he's he's so much fun, and he has so much skill. Oh, he is. He's good for MLS. Um, but man, he's not durable. And it happened as he was a starter. But as an impact sub for 15, 20 minutes at the end, imagine that guy coming on the last 15 or 20. Minister, I have a question for you. How many uh, Tyler Pashas is Sebastian Ferreira? <laughs> man, oh, I need to do something. <laughs> Let me put out the old calculator. Yeah. But a uh, lot, man. It's a lot. No, and. and- you know, somebody did, uh, you know, you mentioned about a right back, a midfield, a winger. Um, and that question was put out, you know, after we heard about Sebastian Ferreira most likely being signed, what would be next? And I I am with you guys. I think you need another striker. You need to create that competition, whether, you know, obviously I don't expect them to get another DP striker and it'd be stupid to do, but you need somebody. And I mean, getting... Mauro Manotas loaned out, you know, it's not a dumb idea. You can probably get a pretty good deal. You know, obviously he's been struggling with the one. Tijuana has been doing terrible uh, since he's been there. Not necessarily because of him, but he hasn't scored many goals either. Uh, they finished in last place uh, during this past, what is it, Apertura. So, you know, why can't we get, maybe pick him up? Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys want to add anything else on this guy? Or any of the strikers? You no, know, just imagine being Manotas, like going from the Dynamo, <laughs> the worst yeah. team in the U.S., and then going to Mexico, and you're in the worst team in Mexico. You're like, God, and then you come back to the worst team in the U.S. I hate my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel bad for him, but he definitely did have a rough season in 2020. Uh, I mean, we all did, right, with the pandemic. But you know, uh, mentally, I know that it was tough for him from the few you know interviews that I heard. His wife being pregnant. During this massive pandemic, it was just not good for his uh, mental health, I suppose. But I guess we can transition a little bit to what the MLS Super Draft is. Because if we're going to maybe pick up an extra player, whether it be a striker, a right back, a defender, a winger, it would be from here. Um, there's, Don't get me wrong, I don't follow uh, college soccer all that well. Uh, so I'm guiding myself with a lot of the MLS articles that came out. and. We have the fourth overall pick in the draft. Uh, this morning, I believe uh, Dallas ended up jumping in front of us by trading with Toronto FC. Maybe they're trying to take a player that we're waiting to uh, get. Um, but they have us taking a winger, actually. I don't know if you were able to see this finisher, uh, but they do have us, you know, obviously this uh, mock draft, which never pan out, especially like in the NFL. If you hit one guy, you're lucky out of the however 300 that they do. Um, but they have us taking Isaiah Parker from St. Louis. And I saw a little bit of a highlight. To me, he's a lot like a pasher. He's a lot, you know, I don't know, this more of a winger. They can potentially play left back. But I feel at the end of the day, left back is kind of taken already, right? I mean, we may not have obviously his best situation sitting in the last place of the Western Finals. But Lundy, I believe that's his spot. And if, you know, his backup is probably um, Sam Junkwa, which is uh, Finister's favorite player now. But, you One know, of. <laughs> so, Rodrigo, I guess I'll start with you. Um, who do you think or what position do you think the Dynamo should, should look into in this fourth uh, pick on the draft? Not sure if who they should pick, but what I would go for, and just based on recent history being dead last, um, I think we need to start with the um, and with a goalkeeper, um, a younger goalkeeper. Um, there's 
you know, um, I was looking at who um, who's available right now, and the main guy that stand out was Patrick uh, Schultz. He's a six-five goalkeeper. Um, so you know, somebody big and goal like that, that would be very helpful. Um, and then just somebody that can play with their feet. Um, we've been through quite a few, I guess, um, goalkeepers that they just struggle with that distribution. Um, you know, you got to start from the back. Um, for me, I think that's that's one way, you know, bringing in um, Steve Clark. That would be a very big thing um, to get a young goalkeeper. And I mean, uh, we know that at the end of the day, goalkeepers do win championships. And you can ask that to NYCFC. Uh, you know, his goalkeeper did a great job stopping a bunch of PKs. Um, what about you, Finister? What do you think they should do with that uh, fort overall? Should What position should they look at? Wasn't the Timbers goalkeeper the guy that's now our goalkeeper? That is did you just true. did yeah. you just low down like insult our goalkeeper on our <laughs> podcast, man? What is going on? I'm pretty sure he knows that. Did you? I mean, did you, I mean, I know you listened to Glenn Davis. The first thing he said is like, "Dude, I'm done here at Portland." Like, I literally the game was over and he knew he was gone. So, I mean, <sighs> he 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 knows that. What would I do with the pick? I trade it. I would trade it for a player that I know can play a position I need from another MLS team. Because we look at last year with Bartlow. Bartlow was supposed to be able to play this year. Man, who is he? Like, I, I, know he's, I know he's in football manager. Like I know what his face looks like because of that. But no, no other reason at all. I have no idea who he is. And these picks, they don't ever really ever turn out because the really good players that are 21 and 22 – are already playing professionally, probably not in the United States or in the United States. These are the leftovers. Trade it for, I know, damn, Christian. I know this is harsh. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm with you because, you know, the the pigs themselves, you look at them, there's no Daryl DK on this. You know, there's no, no very talented for, players. Yeah. Even so, if you only get a guy who you get for two or three years, if you can get a guy that you can start on your team for two years, Trade the pick. Well, and especially if you don't love, you know, where you're at, if you don't love any of the players, and somebody may be in love. Again, I mean, Dallas did trade up for whatever reason. So, you know, they may see something that we don't see, and they may yeah. pick up the player that we should have picked. Or Yeah, they are pretty good at that. Yeah. yeah they really are. So, so Christian, yeah, so Christian, uh, who would you pick or would you move away from the pick as well? I'm just like like Rodrigo said, you know, maybe we're not following too much or I think it was you, Rudy, I said it. Uh, I'm just going straight up by names. And uh, I'm like I said, you know, I'm going to get a forward just to kind of not compete with so, uh, Sebastian, I think, is it? Is that I need to learn his name. I don't even know where he plays. Sebastian Ferreira. Seba, Sebastian the Cuban Ferreira. There you go. The That's his other nickname. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm just going straight up by names and I'm going to go with Thor <laughs> just because his name is Thor and he's a number nine from Iceland and he's a generation Adidas guy. Um, honestly, I don't know, but I would, I would probably look, I mean, I, I like the idea of, of, of trading. Um, but I think, I think it's time that, you know, the Dynamo do something with one of these kids. Uh, if anything, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Worst case scenario, he can go to Houston Dynamo too, but, the whole point is for him to play in, you know, the first team. Um, I'm honestly, I'm not that mad about the whole trading part of it. If you can get, you know, just like a another nine, you know, that that has been playing, you know, in the league, that somewhat maybe like a Maxi Ruti type 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 kind of guy, you know, that he's I guess average or you know he can probably give you a few goals here and there. Maxi was supposed to give us more goals than what he did, right? I think he scored like five. He was supposed to give us, you know, I guess at least 10, you know? Yeah, but the goals he scored, they were pretty nice. They were pretty nice. Yeah. But, hey, if you're going to get a guy that, you know, an attacker that scores a couple goals and you're paying him way less than Maxi, I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and then after that, hopefully he doesn't go to Austin. You know, that'd be great too. <laughs> but but yeah, that's the thing. Like if you I mean, if you're willing to trade a, a number four pick for, for a guy that you know has somewhat been established in the league and you know, like Finister was saying, maybe help this guy out, you know, coming into the league, you know, new guy and has never played here and be a friend but also a competition to him. 
I think it, I think it would be a good idea, but yeah, I would definitely just go with a striker. Just well, just and we need that second. You point. know, and before transitioning to the next topic that I wanted to touch on, uh, the guy actually that FT Dallas ended up getting is uh, Dan Dwyer, I believe his name, Dom Dwyer, and he um, he could be somebody actually that the Dynamo could pick up as well. He obviously doesn't have a international spot, and he it's think believe. That I mean, granted, I don't think he has any knees left. I think he's had both uh, surgeries done on their ACLs, but that, that, but <laughs> you never know. I mean, it could be a, a backup, a third string, uh, you know, striker that can create some kind of competition if you can get him for cheap. I mean, the guy was an MVP at a certain point, basically. But what I wanted to transition in, it's uh, I know Finister on your last episode, you kind of touched a little bit. Um, Paulo Nagamura, and we recorded actually right before his announcement. Uh, we recorded the day before, but I just wanted to, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the whole, I guess, the uh, the Holy Trinity or uh, how we refer to it, right? In the sense of like, you obviously Ted Siegel, um, you have Pat Onstad, you have uh, Paulo Nagamura, and then you have, I think he mentioned two other guys. Obviously, we know we have a, a new, um, position being the technical director Mendelssohn Mendelssohn Asher Asher Mendelssohn from Columbus yeah so you know I want to know you know kind of again we didn't get to talk about it so what exactly you guys are expecting from this roles apart from the word always used being collaboration finish so I'll let you kind of start um again because I think you you drove some pretty good points on your show and we can just kind of go off of that my friend all right uh well I guess the biggest thing for me is the hiring of Mendelssohn. It's a something completely different. It's never been done. We've never had one. And it's it's a big it's it's a it's a big monetary investment as well. It's that's a you know, that's a couple hundred thousand dollar salary. That that is an investment in the club, and that's another set of eyes and contacts and networking that we now have acquired. And you look at where we're plucking from. Pat Onstad was kind of a no-brainer because he he played here. He won two championships here. Those are our championships. San Jose can rent them for one week a year, but they are ours. Okay, they're ours, Austin FC. Amen. Yeah. So, um, oh, you, you ruined my train of thought. <laughs> no. Uh, Dang it, Christian. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we'll let uh, Austin FC polish them once a month just so they can see what a trophy yeah. looks oh, like. Oh, I remember what I was saying. <laughs> so, you got you got Onstad, who, no-brainer, played for Houston. Columbus, winning culture. Yeah. Then we go and we get... Uh, Mendelssohn, Columbus, winning culture. This coach that we pluck, Sporting KC, Peter Vermees, winning culture. He is building these, he's taking these big pieces from cultures that have done it, and he's not trying to recreate it. He's trying to, or excuse me, he's not trying to reinvent it. He's trying to recreate it. He's emulating its success. And that is why, even though I don't think this guy's worth six and a half million dollars, I'm okay with everything Pat's been doing so far because he's doing what we asked. Of course, and we got to tr- trust the process as much as we can. I think some people are quick to challenge every decision when we ask for change. You know, we got, I think, everything that we wanted past season. Uh, the uh, GM that we will not mention his name is finally gone. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, Pat Austin come in. We've seen a new coach come in. Um, is it a little scary and uncertain? Of course. I mean, the guy has no... MLS uh, coaching um, under his belt, but you're absolutely right, man. He comes from probably one of the best um, organizations in the league and one of the best coaches. So the potential is there, of course. Um, Rodrigo, you want to add anything on just kind of, you know, what you expect from from this group, I guess, this five guys uh, trying to, uh, which I love what Polo said about, you know, the identity kind of, uh, bringing the identity back. However, I really don't think we have any lately. I think right now the Dynamo is just trying to assemble the Avengers <laughs> per se. You know, they're trying to just get key pieces here and there to make a winning team. And um, so far, I like what Pat has done, um, what Ted has, I guess, inspired Houston to start doing to, you know, spend money, uh, bring that winning culture back. Um, you know, starting with Pat, obviously. Um, and now, um, like Finister said, it might be our expensive signing. It might be, you know, was it worth it? Um, you know, this guy just won the league title 
and Libertad hadn't won it in like five, six years. So he's coming with a winning mentality as well. Um, hey, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, spending that money if it takes winning a title soon. I think it'll be well worth it in the end. But at the same time, with uh, Nagamura, his academy, you know, SKC2 experience uh, under Peter Vermees, um, you're just going to develop players, build a, um, a more of a soccer culture with the Dynamo again. Um, you know, a few years back, we had the Dynamo Academy. It all went to crap, honestly. And now it's just kind of uh, reviving in, a, I guess, the best possible uh, scenario, which is just, you know, rebranding, like we said before, um, starting brand new, pressing that um, restart button. Yeah, then you have to hit that hard, you know, reset one for sure. And, you know, the whole initiative of this 22 or U22 uh, team having the Houston Dynamo Dos, I think it couldn't have fallen in a perfect time, right? Because you want to be able to create that culture, uh, <laughs> the Nagamura says. Uh, but, you know, you want to be able to create it from, from the youth level to your reserve team to your first team. Uh, is there anything that I missed, Finister, that you wanted to add? Uh, it's it's pronounced Kucher. I knew it was a little off, but but no, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it's great to be able to, um, to have all of it under one umbrella. And some of the guys had mentioned how, you know, the first team tends to be in a downtown area with, you know, at PNC Stadium. And then you have some guys playing at the uh, Houston Sports Park. And even then, there's a little bit of travel in Houston. I mean, no matter where you go, it's about 30 minutes away, right? But at least being uh, able to, I can't think of the word, but being proactive and actually trying to intermingle those those two areas, right? To try to be, because it's easy to say we want them all to work together, but if you don't even go to the place, you know, if you don't interact with those people, what's up, Christian? No, so I was going to mention uh, when um, Glenn Davis talked to, uh, is it Ashton, right? Uh, they talked, you know, the whole about technical position and stuff like that. And obviously Glenn was very excited and he kept men mentioning how far behind the club has been with that position. Like he thought it was ridiculous that at this point in time, we still didn't have that. Um, and then whenever he asked him, like, you know, what, basically, what, what, what's your role? What are you going to do, basically? And the guy said, I'm going to be a inter, ooh, this is a tough word, a tough word, intermediate, intermediate, whatever. The guy in the middle between intermediary, that guy, that exact person, he's going to be that and guy. And that word was brought to you by the letter I. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be that guy between analytics and, you know, actual, you know, soccer guys, you know, I, you know, from like coaching staff and day, day, day to day stuff. And I think it's very important, you know, especially nowadays, because everything is analytics, you know, everything is numbers, everything is that even though I'm not an ad analytics guy, and I don't really care about analytics, maybe I should care a little bit more, because obviously, they're basically facts in a way but i think it, <laughs> so he's okay so he's gonna be basically the middleman between analytics and and you know day-to-day -day stuff and i think in america a lot of people are gonna like that you know not to uh be uh racist or anything but i think white people love and you know numbers so i think it's gonna work yes perfectly. i do yeah. yeah exactly uh so you know maybe I, I didn't grow up with numbers i saw an interview the other day like argentinians and they were like we don't care about numbers we care about you know the end result we don't care how many passes you did how many touches you had how many sprints how many miles you ran did you score no well, then you suck you know basically that's like the way True. that we think in a way you know but you know people they look at you know oh he did he had a great game 48 crosses three defensive blocks is like no we don't care dude we lost you know i don't care how, how my center uh my center back played and he had three slight tackles that went into a corner I, like we don't care but you know in an in the mls and i think in the world nowadays people are you know wearing the little bra with the little thing in the back that tells you everything 
And I think that's what people need nowadays or not need, but are using. And I think having a person that can kind of be in that environment, I think it's going to be better. And hopefully it gets better scouting, you know? Hey, I wasn't there. I wasn't there when uh, Pat Onstad did his uh, little, I guess, fan conference. Is that the app that we're talking about to create to know exactly what he was doing, Finister? Yeah, well, it was some some guy asked if there was one that we could use to reference, like how they rate soccer players from a zero to a ten. Somebody wanted to know if there was an app that would rate his performance, and Pat was like, looked at him like, "What? I mean, I get it, man, but really, like who? That's a very white question. Who? To be who yeah. It was an old white man. It was an old white man. He was wearing he was wearing all white New Balance sneakers, like all old white men do. But uh. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I believe that analytics is always a good tool to have, but it can't be everything. You can't base all your decisions out of that. And, you know, especially when it comes to coaching, I think you have to be able to manage your team, know when to do, uh, you know, the subs that you need to do, the rotations you got to do. And I completely get fooled by what I think happened with the last regime that it seemed that they were very stuck and driven with those, uh, you know, numbers, I guess. Um, Rodrigo, you want to add anything else on this topic? I mean, you can't play money ball when you don't have money, <laughs> you know, like you can't play all this stuff when you just don't know who to pick up or, you know, what they can do and who you're going to sell for. Um, but no, I agree with that. Yeah. We just got to focus on performance, not just stats and performance. I mean, like, you know, winning, scoring right. goals, but yeah i mean i'm i don't know you guys may know this more than me because i really haven't looked but i know like epl does not count when you uh, hit a post i think it's considered a miss and i feel like we hit a million posts like last season yeah (laughs) i think that's everywhere you didn't didn't score you missed (laughs) (laughs) but it's a post that's as close as you can get i think it should be it counts it counts more in your xg right okay it's, it's still a miss Wow. Yeah, you still suck. It's a good miss. It's a positive miss, I guess. There is no such thing as a positive miss. You know, I actually, you know what? <laughs> I actually disagree with all three of you on the stats thing. I, I think there's a balance you can find because people also have personalities. And to me, you can't use stats as a be-all, end-all, but you can use it when evaluating what a player should cost because you have measurable statistics, right? And you can see this guy, he ranks out this cat, you know, this, this percentage in these, in these categories, and he sold for this much, but here's another guy, same output, half as much money. He's, you know, he costs half as much. So there, there are times when the analytics, when you're looking like for like, when you think they're the same, if you go deeper, you'll find out that they're not. And there is one who is in fact better than the other, but you know, it's not a be all end all for for you can't play it on paper because they have personalities too and you have you can't take certain personalities and clash them i think uh i think we've seen that in houston right kyoto he didn't yeah. he didn't, he didn't pan out yeah he was good but i heard he was a shitty dude <laughs> i don't i don't know that's where he says no offense but yeah no offense <laughs> <laughs> but have you been offended with all due respect yeah but uh that's pretty much all the topics that I have. You guys want to add anything? You know, obviously we have Finister today and uh, Finister, unless yeah. we have nothing else to add, man. Go I, I, no, actually, I, I do have a couple of things we yeah, were, go for it, man. talked about. And, um, when we talk about a lot of people point out uh, Nagasaki's age, Nagamura's age, you know, hiring a young coach like that, he's also an asset. Like he is also something that accrues in value and can be purchased from other clubs. So, the fact that he's young, if he does well, it makes him so much more attractive than anybody else who's, you know, like for like, but older. And I think that's that's a something we really haven't looked at. And then we talked about, uh, Rudy, you were talking about how the, 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 the club is spread out in the distance. Well, what I don't get is I don't see any interaction between the Dynamo and the two USL2 sides here, the Houston FC and the, uh, uh, the Sir, the this AC sir, I, there's like no interaction there, and I know that there's a lot of long shots out there, but you never know. You know, there's two potential feeders here, and you can't really intermingle because they're semi-pro and we are professional. But there can be like some type of relationship. And um, you guys talking about stats? There was there was some guy on Reddit, the best place 
to find positivity. He, uh, we were talking about this and he goes, why would I use stats when I can just watch with my eyes? And I'm like, man, you don't see the whole game on TV. Like you see where the ball is. You don't see what's happening off the ball. Like that's why we use, that's why I use stats. And that's why Sam Junka has slowly and quietly become one of my favorite players. Because as much as I hate him watching him, he, his numbers aren't lying. Like he's not doing, he's improving and he's above average. Also, I just wanted to add, there's another USL two in Houston is, is the AHFC Royals. The Albion Hove. That's right. Up in North, the North of us. Yes, there are. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. There's and a, you, there's a couple more around. So, well, so, and obviously, you know, that's something that has been talked about, you know, hopefully, uh, this new uh, regime, I keep calling them regime, like they're going to overtake Houston. <laughs> but hopefully, ho- hopefully <laughs> these guys are able to, uh, you know, maybe um, create or, or, you know, those bridges that were broken maybe at a certain point to kind of find a be- better way to um, feed all the good product into the Dynamo so they those guys, those players can have an opportunity to play for the uh, first team obviously that'd be great and a pipeline to maybe eventually sell them if it's not europe at least sell them with the you know your mls teams but talking about the age of uh nagamura i think in a perfect world and i i want to see if you guys are you know i guess before we end would you guys be okay if you know paulo nagamura became like the next jim curtin you know jim curtin uh took over the philadelphia union He's a Philadelphia Union coach, and I believe he was 34 year old, 35 years old uh, when he took over as a coach in 2014. Obviously, Nagamura is older, but you know the progress that Jim Curtin has brought to Philadelphia, right? He's you know brought a lot of young talent, you know, pipeline through all everywhere in the uh, Philadelphia area. And uh, would you guys be okay? Like, would you guys be? Obviously, he hasn't won a championship yet. He's been close. Uh, he's got a supporter shield, but you know, is that something that uh, Nagamura could be? Rod- Rodrigo, do, Rudy, excuse me, sorry, Rudy. Do fish like water? Like, would I be okay with that scenario? Well, yeah, I, man. No, and, <laughs> yes. success. And I, yeah, I, I think so. I can be okay with it. You I know, know like, right? Selling a, a winning name, Brendan Aronson out. You know, yeah. selling a few good players. And oh, the yeah. reason I say that is because you know he's been there since 2014. He hasn't won a championship. We're a championship team, right? We have two. Uh, again, Austin FC currently is polishing them over there in Q2 Stadium. But our, our those trophies have been there for a bit, right? And well, the Open have, Cup, too. And the Open Cup, of course. But, you know, I think we are hungry for those, for a new for a new title. I mean, I, I'm hoping that we get that, that new trophy compared to the ones that we won. It's much pretty to me. And I want to be able to have that in our uh, trophy room but that's my question you know would you guys be okay you know this guy's been with that team for what seven eight years and hasn't won a championship but you know at the end of the day is that big picture i yeah i mean personally i think i mean if that's something that we can do and kind of like look forward to and we can kind of get behind it as fans you know shout out to that one fan uh you know, I think I think we could. I mean, why not? You know, I think we have the backing. You know, financially with Ted Siegel, I think we have the the backing. You know, mentally, I guess, and I I guess you could say with Pat. You know, and Ashton. I mean, we we're building a whole team to literally stay on top. So if we, if you know if we pick the right people, if we have the the right people in the right places, even in the academy. You know, uh, I think with uh, Tab Ramos, I think he did a couple of a little switches here and there to, to help that get started. Obviously he didn't stay, which I think at the end is it probably worked out for the better. Cause I think Paulo Nagamura might be, a, might be slightly better than Tab Ramos, if not a lot better, cause you can't get that worse uh, than Ramos, but you know, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm behind it. I, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic always. I think every, every year that the season starts, I think we're going to be champions. Obviously, that's stupid to, for me to think that like that. But that's what I want every year. Every year I want a trophy. And I think if we have that mentality of like every year competing, at least to be, you know, competing up top, you know, you don't have to win every year. But if you're like one of those dynasties, you know, like Sounders, like make it to the final every other year or so, you you know, I think we can do that. Why not build a dynasty, you know, from now, from now on? And, uh, you know, obviously we were able to, we were lucky enough to uh, interview uh, 
Marcelo Palomino. But having a player like that, you know, that he's right now 20 years old and maybe, you know, you have another guy coming up that same pipeline and you're able to sell them. I mean, how that's so encouraging, right? I don't want to be a full on copy, copy paste of FC Dallas because, you know, overall, I don't think they're here to win it. But selling a Pepe for 20 million, that's kind of has to kind of give you a little bit of, uh, you know, a kick in the nuts, as people may want to say. You know, Christian was talking about uh, the positivity of our, our fans and our supporters. I don't know if you guys saw the post from our new EMLS player. Have you guys seen his post on social media? Well, if you haven't, oh my God, like our fans were just like ripped into him for no reason. They just, you know, this, some guy with his hands up, like doing the H and they're like, welcome to H town. And our fans are like, doesn't win games on the pitch. Get out of here. You bum, get a real job. Like it was, it was awful. I was like, oh my God. Like, and this was on Facebook. This was, I mean, Reddit's, I haven't looked at Reddit, but Jesus, like uh, our fans right now, like, I don't know what is going on, but like, we got to settle it down a little bit. It's, it's getting, this guy just got here. What happened to Jordy Reyes? Where did he go? Bro, Nobody even, he didn't I, even say bye. I feel Come bad with, because I met him and like literally the next day he got fired. Well, dude, I don't want to meet you then. Yeah, don't like stay away from me face to face. It may end up bad. But to your <laughs> to your point, though, you know, uh, I took a little bit of your Reddit uh, segment and we made mean tweets and it seemed to have been a hit. Some people thought we were going to pick even worse tweets, but uh, you you guys keep them coming. You know, the, the people that are, call themselves fans are just hating decision after decision. But, uh, you know, more content. Why not? Um, but finisher to finish off my friend thank you so much for being with us uh let the people know where they can find you man all right i'm finister i do the houston dynapod podcast just type in houston dynapod and you will find me uh thanks for having me man it's always it's always good rodrigo it's nice to uh to meet you man i'll do this with you guys a little more often and stay awake yeah <laughs> yeah for sure man and we do feel bad i know we we kind of like poke fun out of them but uh we he was actually finister was actually supposed to be with us last uh episode but one of us forgot to well actually both of us forgot to tell him uh when uh we were gonna meet and you know we waited for 30 minutes he never showed up and we gave him a hard time for falling asleep but here we are and uh christian uh you know obviously we we've seen our fans picking up you know the dynamo theory podcast has been kind of uh going off the shelves a little bit so let them know where they can connect with us man Yes, sir. So obviously you can find everything on dynamotheory.com. Don't don't forget to check out the breakfast links Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, but if not, you can also find the link on Twitter and Instagram at Dynamo Theory. Uh, you can find us there. We're almost to 150 followers. So, you know, if you're that 150 followers, you will get a high five from all of us when we see you. Um, so yeah, you get that coming to you. And then you can uh, email us at Houston. I turned the page, but uh, Dynamo Theory. Dynamo Theory. Houston. Yeah. Dynamo. Yeah. What did I say? Houston. <laughs> Dynamo Theory Podcast at gmail.com. You yeah. can find me at Chris Putalias. You can find Rudy at Rudy Segura three. And you can find Rodrigo at Rodrigo Segura zero one. And that's yeah. it, man. Yeah. No. And obviously, keep it, keep it like Rodrigo didn't want to close it out last time, and I did not delete it, put him on blast. But do, do you know it now? Sure. <laughs> Go for it, man. All right, don't forget. Hold it down and keep it forever orange. There you go. Yeah.